Good morning, y'all. Um, I'm Thomas DeBruler. Uh, I'm a junior, well, now a senior. Friday was my last day of junior year. Uh, I'm a senior at Western High School, and um, today I'm going to be delivering the message. Um, but before I do that, uh, I, I'd just like to have uh, a moment of silence and a moment of prayer uh, for the veterans who've lost their lives, whether it was in war or out of war, but as long as they served. Father God, we come to you today in thankfulness that we're able to come in, uh, in this church and uh, praise you and worship you uh, freely. Uh, and the reason that we're able to do that is because so many good, brave, uh, courageous, righteous men uh, gave their lives so that we were able to uh, do this. Um, Lord, I thank you for that. Um, I thank you for the fact that it's a beautiful day outside. Summer's coming into uh, fruition. It's uh, beginning to look nice out. I thank you for that. Uh, I thank you for the kids that they're able to um, praise you and worship you just like the rest of us. Um, I think it's important that the youth uh, are started young. Um, Father God, uh, let this uh, sermon that I'm about to give uh, touch the people that it needs to. And uh, let their ears be open and willing to listen to you. Um, and it's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. All right. So today, my sermon is over living intentionally. Um, what does that mean exactly? Uh, well, I'll explain it. Uh, living intentionally, I, I uh, based this sermon off of a, actually a Christian blog on a site called Hello Sensible. I was, I was reading up on, um, I, had, I was given a lesson during camp two years ago over uh, living intentionally um, through God, and I, I wanted to do a little bit of my own research. I came across this blog, and it defined um, living intentionally as co-authoring your life with the Creator, God, to make your highest contribution to Him and to the world. Um, I like this definition because uh, co-authoring your life, writing your own story with God. God has a plan for all of us, and we don't just have free will, but at the same time, we do have a choice, and we do have free will. Uh, what we can control is our decision on whether or not we want to follow God, and that's what living intentionally focuses on is when you choose to live intentionally, you're choosing to intentionally live for God. You're choosing to intentionally live um, to be a better person and to be closer to him. Um, that is what living intentionally is. And a lot of people ask, well, what does that mean to live intentionally? How do you live intentionally? Well, there's five basic steps that I've broken it down into. Uh, the first one being know God and know how he works. The second being set your intentions like you would set goals. Uh, third would be align your daily actions to fit these goals and intentions. Uh, fourth is think intentionally because your mind is powerful. Um, and five is reflect, reevaluate, and choose. But we will get to all of that shortly. Uh, let's start with the first step, though, and that is knowing God and knowing how he works. Uh, God wants an intimate relationship with each and every one of us. He wants a personal connection with us, and he wants to love us, and he wants us to love him. That is the basis of Christianity. It's not really to get into heaven. That's more of the reward. Uh, what, what the goal of being here and claiming 
Jesus as your Savior is to love God. Above all else, he is first. So, obviously, knowing him, knowing how he works, knowing who he is, is important to living like him. Uh, that's why getting to know him and reading the Bible is so very important, and that's the best way to get to know him. So I think that it's time that we flip in our Bible, uh, open it up to Second Timothy. I'm sorry, Second Timothy chapter three, uh, ch- uh, verses sixteen and seventeen. Um, this is one of Paul's letters to Timothy, one of two that are in the Bible, and this this is very important for this point. Uh, It says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So I want to go over that and break it down a little bit. Verse 16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful. Wow. I know, I know that it was men that writ it, that wrote this book, wrote it with a pen, but God breathed it. God breathed everything into existence. Everything that you see before you, everything that you're hearing, everything that you're smelling, tasting, everything that is attributing to the senses, God breathed it, and it became. So, first of all, this, the fact that God breathed this into our lives is a guide and tells us multiple times this is the guide That's important, so we should probably listen to that. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching. Teaching who? Teaching everyone. Teaching the children especially. It's Youth Sunday. It's Youth Sunday. We've got to teach the children. Uh, teaching, Teaching not only spiritually, but teaching morality, teaching intellectual and knowledgeable subjects. The Bible is more than just a spiritual work. The Bible is also a literary work of art. Uh, basically, all literary works today are based off of the Bible. It's the only surviving book that's survived as long as it has, uh, so therefore it's got to be the best teacher because pretty much all of our knowledge is based off of this book. Uh, it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Rebuking and correcting are words that are often used with judges or people who are not well-liked. Uh, I don't want to rebuke anybody, really, or correct anybody. I, don't, I think it's rude. I think it's not proper, unless it's really bad and they really need correcting and their facts are just really off. Then, then they need correcting, but God tells us that even, even though we don't want to, we have to. And the only source that we get to do that, rebuke and correct, is the Bible. Uh, training in righteousness. Uh, the Bible says multiple times no one man is truly righteous besides Jesus. Um, but the closer we get uh, to that is the better. I'm sorry, I just completely screwed that phrase up. Training in righteousness. We are supposed to train each other in righteousness using this Bible, using this book. Um, Gaining knowledge will help us uh, live intentionally. And how to live intentionally, we need to gain knowledge first so that we can know what God wants us to. We need to know what our intents need to be 
because God tells us in this book. Um, when you are knowledgeable on this book, it says in verse 17, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. When you are thoroughly knowledgeable in this book, you are equipped for everything that comes at your way. Um, and when you are living with intent, you're going to have a lot of things come your way. A lot of bad stuff happen. A lot of sin around you in the world. Um, you've got to be able to know what's true and what's not, what's good and what's evil. And the only way, the only divider between that is the Bible. So the first step to living intentionally is gaining knowledge, gaining knowledge through the word. Um, the second step in living intentionally is setting your intentions like you would set your goals. Goal setting is something that I think is overlooked in a lot of society today. Nobody is ambitious anymore, especially young people. Um, I can say that because I'm in high school. I see it around me. People are losing the will to keep going because they think, what's the point? Well, here's the point. The point is to love God. There it is. And why do we know this? How do we know this? The Bible. The more you read this, the, the more it becomes clear. Our, our place in this world is to love God and to serve God. And living intentionally, um, you have to set your intentions like you would set goals. So, for an example, um, maybe you don't, maybe you want to work on praying, just an individual praying. Um, a recommendation I would give, pray before every meal. Once you get your meal, just make it an automatic thing, just pray. Pray in your head, pray out loud. If you, if you want to get better at praying out loud, pray out loud. Um, it will make you better. Little things like that will make you better. Um, and setting goals, you must set goals that God would approve of. Um, when God... When, when you set goals that God doesn't approve of, bad things start to happen, and that's, that's normally where people come to God, um, is when their goals have become so far from the path that they don't know where, where they're at, and then they don't have a, a reason to live anymore. And that's why when you have your intentions set on loving God, you have a reason to live. So, set your intentions like you would set your goals. Set goals so that you can set your intentions. It's, it's a hand-in-hand -hand thing. Set goals, set intentions, set intentions, set goals. Anyway, um, one uh, biblical reference to this, uh, I don't think it's really a reference, but it's, it's a good uh, example. Um, Proverbs 6, uh, Proverbs 7, Proverbs chapter 6, uh, verses 6 and 11, um, Jesus gives us a really, really good um, example here of how we should be and how we should not be. And it's really plain and simple. In verse 6, he says, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a bandit and scarcity like an armed man. This is saying 
be like an ant. Be like an ant. An ant is a hard worker. It works really just because it's its natural instinct. Our natural instinct as human beings is to work. Um, be like the ant. Don't procrastinate. Don't be like the sluggard and a little sleep, a little slumber. It can't hurt here and there. Yes, it will. If you sleep in, I'll give an example I'm not too proud of myself. Last week, uh, I slept through church. I know. I'm sorry. I've asked for forgiveness. I, I, I believe I've been forgiven, um, but I, I slept through church. I, I was working late the night before, and I didn't set my alarm. And finals week was last, this past week, and it was one of the roughest weeks in recent memory that I've had just because of the ups and the downs and uh, every, all of my friends leaving and new friends coming into high school. It's, it's, a, it's an experience, um, finals week is. But um, the fact that I wasn't on church last Sunday made me feel like I wasn't as good as I could be. And so I made it a goal to be here and be on time and be even a little early and I was here not when I wanted to be, but I was here earlier than I normally was. Are you guys proud of me? I hope so. I hope so, because I, I did my best. And what we have to realize is it's not always about living intentionally, especially. It's not always about being perfect. It's about living towards the future that God wants for you. It's living for God, living for God's love, loving God, and loving God brings his future into your life. Um, and I think the greatest example of that is in the book of James. Um, it's in chapter 4. Um, it's actually about boasting. Um, if you read it uh, within the chapter, this entire chapter is about submitting yourself to God and not boasting and being humble, which I try to be. Um, and in verse 13, is, it says, Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you, don't, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. This is perfect in my opinion because this gives in in three verses we are given an, an example of what to do or i'm sorry we are in, given an example of what not to do an explanation of why or why we are not supposed to do that and then we are given an example of what we are supposed to do um verse 13 it gives us the example of what we're not supposed to do. We're not supposed to say what we want to do or what we think we are going to do because we don't know. We could all keel over and die at this very instant and the rapture could happen and we could all be lifted to heaven. We don't know that. So don't, don't plan your goals thinking that there is going to be a tomorrow because it's not guaranteed. Instead, plan your goals based on the Lord's will. Say, Lord, if it is your will, allow me to do this. If it is your will, allow me to make it to church on time. If it is your will, allow me to not run out of gas on my way to work today. If it is your will, whatever it is, let it be by his will. Because his will is above ours. Always. 
says it right there in the Bible. You've got to read it. I'm telling you it's the number one best-selling book for a reason. It's, it's good. Um, that was number two, is um, setting your intentions, setting your goals. That's number two. Step number three, aligning your daily uh, actions to fit your intentions. Uh, like I said, it, this one kind of goes hand in hand with number two, with setting goals. Uh, once you've set those goals, you need to act upon them. Like I said, uh, the example earlier, praying before every meal. Act upon it whenever you get your meal. Like I said, just make it an automatic thing. Just fold your hands, put your phone down. If you're on your phone, put your phone down, fold your hands, close your eyes, pray to the Lord. Tell him what you need to tell him. Um, that alone will show that you are living for him. You are living to love him. And it's little things like that that will add up over time, and it will show you the future that God wants to show you. Um, one thing that would help uh, making a, a physical list sometimes, if you're not the best with memory, which obviously I'm not, um, can't remember to set my alarm in the morning to wake up for church. I'm just I'm terrible, I know. Um, but uh, make a physical list. Uh, little sticky note on your door if you want to pray before bed just stick a sticky note on your door and when you're closing your door to for when you're going to bed just you'll see the sticky note that says pray to god tonight you pray to god little things like that it'll help uh and little little actions like that will eventually build into bigger actions because you, once you've gotten into that habit you will that habit will sprout and it, you'll begin praying not only before meals, but before you go into work. You'll start praying before you go into church. You'll be praying the entire time through church. I know there's been some Sundays where I zone out because I've, I've got something that I need to pray about. And I'll just talk to God the entire time. Um, whatever it is, pray often. Um, when you act upon your goals, pray on it. Do your research beforehand. Um, and there are going to be days when you don't feel like it. There are going to be days where you just can't get out of bed. You can't wake up in the morning. And on those days, you get an option. You, you get to choose whether, you get to choose one of three options, actually. You get to choose whether you are going to stay in the mood you're in and lie there and be sinful because lying there and not doing anything is sin because it's not of God. And whatever is not of God is sin. So are you going to lay there and choose to be in sin? Or are you going to change your mood and do it anyway and be happy about it? Whatever that it is, whatever situation that is. Or there's a third option. You could also show up in the situation despite your mood. Let's say, I, I, I'll give an example. This, uh, this man, young gentleman came into my McDonald's the other day. I work at McDonald's, just so you all know. And this young man came in uh, with a sandwich that was wrong. And his, uh, his <laughs> I, I knew him only, only because of his wife. His wife is the librarian at my school. Um, his name is Jim Klaus. He, he, he just lost his uh, brother, I believe. And he was having one of those incidents where one little sandwich 
made him snap. And he was treating people badly. Um, that is an instance of changing, not, not being able to change your mood and it affecting everyone else around you because the rest of the day, nobody, nobody wanted to serve anybody because they were all scared they were going to get yelled at. One little thing um, can change the entire mindset of everyone around you. Uh, which brings me to my next point, um, which is point number four. Think intentionally because your mind is powerful. Um, it, going back to the blog that I actually based this sermon off of, um, she quotes a Dr. Roger, Roger Berkman who developed a uh, psycho, psychopathic, uh, not a psychopathic, uh, psychological work test called the Berkman Method. It's, it's a psychological work test that basically tells you how crazy you are. He, he's a smart guy when it comes to the brain. Uh, this is a quote that he says. Um, he says, the reality of life is that your perceptions, right or wrong, influence everything else you do. When you get a proper perspective on your perceptions, you may be surprised at how many other things fall into place. Wow. The reality of life is that your perceptions, right or wrong, how you see the world, how you see everything else around you, whether that's good, bad, right, wrong, true, false, it influences everything else around you. Everything. Meaning that influences what you eat, that influences what you drive, that influences what kind of job you have, what kind of kids you have. It influences all of that. Um, that's why thinking intentionally and keeping your thoughts on track and holy and good is so important. And um, again, I, I can't reiterate this enough. The best way to know how to do that is to read. Um, the best way to get the right perception and the best way to think intentionally is to read the Bible and know what God wants. Um, and one place where God tells us what he wants is uh, in Romans. Uh, it's in chapter 12. It's chapter 12, verse 2. Um, it's, this is also another very often quoted, well, it should be often quoted uh, scripture. It says, uh, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I can't say it enough. Read your Bible, and you'll understand what this means. It took me a little, a little time to understand what this means. Uh, the first part's relatively simple. Do not conform uh, any longer to the pattern of this world. Don't be, don't be like everybody else. Don't be a bandwagon guy. Just do your own thing. Don't, actually, I take that back. Don't do your own thing. Do God's thing. I'm so sorry. Do God's thing. It's for him. Um, but don't, don't live based on the world. Uh, the world is not holy no matter what the media, the news, anybody tries to tell you. Nobody, nobody in this world is good or righteous. It's just it's not the way it is. So be careful about who you are in contact with and don't conform to the world. The second part of this verse 
is interesting to me. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You will be able to test and approve. Once you are to a place where you are thinking intentionally, every thought is filtered through the filter of, would God like me thinking about this? Would God not like me thinking about this? That's what thinking intentionally is, uh, is asking, would God like me to think about this? Once you get to a place where you're doing that, you will be able to see God's will for you. You will be able to see when you make the right decision and when you make the wrong decision, because when you make the right decision, right decision, you will be rewarded. And when you make the wrong decision, you will be unrewarded, de-rewarded. I can't think of the proper word right now. De-rewarded. We'll go with that. Um, uh, yeah, another, another, another thing that just says, don't, don't be like the world. Read the Bible. Uh, speaking of reading the Bible, let's read the Bible some more. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. This is another letter from Paul. Um, in fact, Philippians chapter 4 is my uh, favorite uh, chapter when I first, I, I gave a sermon here two years ago over Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Um, I, uh, I can do all things through the Lord who strengthens me. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. I'm sorry. Um, but Philippians 4, 8 is also important, especially when we're talking about thinking intentionally and keeping our thoughts on the right track and keeping our thoughts uh, aligned with what God wants. Uh, verse 8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is ad admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So God is telling us straight up, uh, again, it's, it's this, this Bible, it's read it because it's simpler and simpler the more you read it. It says it right here, whatever is noble, oh, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, think about it and think about it often. Um, when you think happy thoughts, you live a happy life. Happy wife, happy life. I think we've all heard that. Um, I don't know anything about that. I'm not married, uh, luckily, yet. Uh, so, anyway, uh, happy, 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 happy thoughts equal a happy life as well. Um, when you are in a positive mindset and each, each of your thoughts is filtered through, would God like me to think about this or would God not like me to think about this? Uh, the happy thoughts begin to come more often, and you begin to be thankful for more. Um, it, it's an amazing thing what will happen when you read and pray more often. Um, obviously, God has a lot to say about watching our thoughts uh, with those two verses. Um, take advantage of the guide that he's laid out for us, the Bible. Can't, I can't reiterate it enough. Please read, read the Bible, even, even if it's just a little bit. If, if I get too boring up here, please read your Bible. I will not be mad. You're, you're reading God's word. You're living intentionally. It's okay with me. You are doing what I'm preaching, so it's, it's not like I'm teaching you much. Um, 
if you're doing our, what I'm already telling you to do. Um, but that leads me to uh, part five, uh, reflect, reevaluate, and choose. Uh, when you're walking with the Lord, uh, there will be times where you have to stop and think about where you're at. Um, that is where the reflection and reevaluation comes from, is life, life is very fast, life is very hectic, and life is very evil, and it gets overwhelming a lot. And during those overwhelming times, it's important to stop and think and ask yourself the base questions. Is this what God wants for me? Is this what God had planned for me? It's, and how do, how do I know? It's, it's right here. It's in, it's in the Bible. It's right here. That's how you know. If, if what you are doing aligns with the Bible, you're doing it right. Um, during reflection, uh, pray often. Um, when you're living intentionally and thinking intentionally, you will pray more often. Um, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, I will say this one more time. Uh, living intentionally isn't about perfection. It's about pur purposefully and powerfully choosing your thoughts and action to, to better fit the will of God. It's not about us. It's not about our uh, self-interest. It's about what God wants and why God loves us. Um, so in conclusion, whether you've been a Christian your whole life or whether you're new to this or whether you still have that decision to make, it's important to live intentionally, to live with reason. Um, and if you're having trouble finding that reason, I invite you to talk to Mark, talk to Derek, talk to me, talk to anybody in this room. Um, they will help you. They will, and if they can't help you, they will give you to somebody that can. Um, read your Bible. Read it more often. Those of you who think you don't need to read your Bible, read it more often, because you do need to read it more often. Um, I know I do. I know, I know I don't read my Bible enough, um, but I'm getting there, and that's what living intentionally is about. It's about getting there. Um, uh, I have a challenge for all of you. Uh, start with one goal. When you leave here, make a goal in your head of, I'm going to do this this week. And if you meet that goal, awesome. You should make another goal next week. Uh, I'll ask you how your goal is. If you tell me on your way out, hey, my goal is to yada, yada, yada. I'll ask you about it next week. I, I will. I'll remember. Um, and hopefully, hopefully each of you will live with reason. And the reason being loving God.